Hey, 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 this is Dr. Ed Hill, the host of This Week in the Word, where we grow in our knowledge of the Word of God and our walk with Christ. You've come to the episode today, episode two, Know Who You Are, from our series, Hope for Hard Times. This is the episode for Sunday, July 16th, 2023. Well, last episode, we began a series in First and Second Peter called Hope for Hard Times. And if you missed the first episode, I hope you'll go back and listen to that because it is an overview of both of these letters so you can get the, the big picture overview of them and have a better understanding as we continue in this series. Essentially, 1 Peter talks about suffering, and 2 Peter talks about standing. In 2 Peter, we learn about apostasy, and in 1 Peter, we learn about persecution. Now, one thing I want to stress very clearly here, I think this would be an insight for many of you who are probably professing Christians, or you're at least religious, and this may be something you know, but it might not be, and this may be a light bulb moment for some listening today. In terms of sources of persecution in the world system, there's not one, but two sources a persecution by the world system, the, the world in which we live. Number one is the natural world. You know, people that you can't get along with because they won't let you. So people, uh, there's obviously the whole political uh, system and there's religions. So from the natural world, I mean, all by itself, there's... <laughs> There's a lot of opportunity for persecution just in the natural, normal world in which we live. But what people often forget is we live in a spiritual realm as well. There is an unseen world in which we are living. We are part of that world, whether we're cognizant of it or not. That is uh, the spiritual world in terms of, obviously, there are angels, good angels, but there are demons. These are fallen angels. There is a demonic, satanic realm that is very real. The Lord Jesus Christ dealt with that while he was here in his earthly ministry. The Bible, um, New Old Testament, yes, but especially in the New Testament, really pulls back the curtains so that we can understand that we do not wrestle just with flesh and blood. We re wrestle with a, a spiritual enemy. So I want you to think about something with me just a minute. If you are a real Christian and you are truly following the Lord Jesus Christ, and you start to know, for example, in your, your work life, your business life, whatever you do for a living, you start to notice that things become insanely difficult. 
Well, it could be a result of what's going on in the natural world. That's, that's certainly true. And it could be being used by the spiritual realm against you to harm you or hurt you or discourage you. And that's just one example. I mean, you could go all the way down the line. So sometimes the persecution we face is not just from people. That's what I'm trying to say. So you may go through your entire life as a Christian, die and go to heaven and say, well, that's weird. I was never persecuted by the government, although that's unlikely. But let's just say you were able to say that. Well, I'll guarantee you for sure you were persecuted and opposed by the spiritual realm, by demonic forces, by Satan. That's for certain. So don't overlook that there is not just one, but there are two sources of persecution to us. And that's the natural world and the spiritual realm. Now, many, many years ago, a great Christian man, a pastor, Andrew Murray, wrote, a great book with Christ in the school of prayer. If you've never read any of that or heard of that, you might want to get that book. Well, kind of playing off of his title, you could easily put a title on the book of First Peter and it would be with Christ in the school of persecution. Think about that. Now, in times of battle and brokenness, we have to know who we are and where we are going. That's so important. Let me give you examples of that. The United States military historically has made sure that even if a soldier, sailor, airman, or marine is completely cut off from his comrades, that he knows who he is and what his responsibility is. He is a member of the armed forces of the United States of America, and he is to carry out his orders no matter what. Even in, in terms of American service members who have been in prisoner of war camps, for example, World War II or the Vietnam War, even in POW circumstances, there is a known command structure with the highest ranking one in charge. Orders are given and military discipline is expected and enforced to resist the efforts of the enemy. Now, I'm informed about the amazing story of the American prisoners of war at the Hanoi Hilton. <laughs> now, I'm not talking about a hotel. I'm talking about the Wallow Prison in Hanoi during the Vietnam War. But the American POW is there, just resisted with every ounce of strength they had. And they never lost faith in the United States. They never lost faith in their mission and who they were and what they were to do. And I know one of the officers who is in prison there. Listen, the story that's recorded in a book called When Hell Was in Session, written by himself, a prisoner, Admiral Jeremiah Denton, 
It's an amazing story. It's a good read, as they say. So those are examples. Even in the most difficult of circumstances, you have to know who you are and you have to know where you're going. You have to know what you're supposed to be doing. And many people who name the name of Christ today need some help and encouragement about this. Now, for most of the first three decades of the newly born church, from the time the Lord Jesus Christ was resurrected and he ascended and the Holy Spirit birthed the first church in Jerusalem, you can read all about that in the book of Acts, chapter one and two, For most of the first three decades of the newly born church, the persecution that the church had was sporadic. So sometimes they were under persecution, sometimes they weren't. Now it did start right from the beginning in Jerusalem, but it doesn't mean that every single church that was birthed after that as the, the apostles went out across the Middle East spreading the gospel doesn't mean that every single church was uh, terribly persecuted, although I would assume most were, but it was somewhat sporadic. There were periods of persecution. Then there were times of, of peace and no persecution. There was occasionally from the government, but mostly from religious enemies who might've been using the government And it was not especially organized. Like it wasn't the same thing all the time, everywhere. But by the time Peter is inspired by the Holy Spirit to write the epistle of uh, 1 Peter, the first letter that he wrote, persecution is almost exclusively from the Roman Empire, from the government. It is organized and it is increasingly widespread and deadly. So we think about what I just said, and I want to say this, it was not unlike the cultural, social, and political atmosphere that we as Christians face worldwide, even in the West, which has shifted from protecting conscience and individual freedom to enforcing compliance and obedience to the government. The next steps, listen to me, listen carefully right here. Without a national revival or a revival in the world, without that, the next steps will include fines, imprisonment, torture, and execution up until the rapture of the church before the tribulation. Now, if if you have mistakenly assumed that as a Christian living in the West, that you probably won't go any through anything like that. The rapture will happen before the tribulation, and you know, you'll live your nice suburban life and everything's gonna be great. Terrible assumption, because everything has changed. And I don't know if you've noticed, 
But the people who don't like Christians and don't like the Bible and they don't like you, they have a, a <laughs> it might be the wrong word to use, but you'll get what I'm saying. They have a self-righteous zeal about making sure they stick it to us and they control the governments of the world. Now, why do I say that without some drastic change that we are going down, like we're going down a hallway and we're going to open the first door and it's going to be fines. Then the second one is going to be imprisonment. And the third door, how could I say there's going to be torture? And then the fourth door, execution. Nobody told me about this when I became a Christian. Well, they should have. And you should read the Bible, okay? Satan's not playing at this game. Satan is serious. Satan, you know what his plan for you is? He wants you dead. Literally. And he definitely does not want you to witness for Jesus. Okay? He can't keep you from being saved. He can't undo that. But man, he can give you the business all the way up until you are out of here by your death or the rapture of the church. And he's intending to do that. Now, should that create massive fear in our hearts? No, it shouldn't. But we do need to recognize that if we keep going down the road we're going, fines, imprisonment, torture, and execution are all in the future of the church all over the world. Now, already around the world, the, the church at large is suffering martyrdom. They are being murdered for their faith. And if you are unaware of this, shame on you. But you need to get educated. So I'm going to help you today. I'm not angry with you. I'm just, I'm urgent. Now, by the way, you might ask, well, how do you know there's going to be fines, imprisonment, torture, and execution? All right, listen carefully. I love history. Now, you probably slept through it because you found it boring. Any teacher who can make history boring should quit. History is anything but boring when it's done right. Unfortunately, it's not always done right. But I'm going to explain something to you right here. I don't have to be able to like look into the future and predict things. All I have to do is read the record of mankind over the last um, almost 6,000 years, and this is what always happens. I mean, if you think of uh, Nazi Germany, you think of... Communist China, North Korea, just about anywhere the communists have ever been in control, this, this is what happens to the church. It happened in Cambodia. It, uh, it happens all over Africa, right? Right now. Many parts of Asia. It happens in India. And in the Islamic world, this definitely is happening. 
And it's always the same progression. First, you, you isolate your enemy, okay? The enemy's the church. Anybody who loves Jesus, anybody who believes the Bible, they're the problem. Then all of these things begin to unfold all the way up to martyring or killing Christians. But, but, but Pastor Ed, I believe in a pre-tribulation rapture. I do too. I think that's exactly what the Bible teaches. But what about the Christians who are being martyred probably while I'm making this podcast? Think about this. And we have been relatively shielded from this in Europe and North America. But, you know, it's the old thing, we can read the handwriting on the wall. Now, to help you on this, for those of you who are really good readers, another good read would be a book called, and I'm going to spell this, Gulag Archipelago. So it's G-U-L-A-G. The second word is A-R-C-H-I-P-E-L-A-G-O. Hey, if you even misspell that in a search bar, it's going to come up because it's the only book like that with that name. Gulag Archipelago by Alexander Solzhenitsyn. And I'm not even going to spell that for you. Just look for it. It'll come right up. You can buy it everywhere. He was a prisoner in the Soviet Union before uh, the, the end of the Cold War alleged end of the Cold War. And all he did is he just wouldn't go along with the communist government of Russia. And he did, He just felt like he should be able to think whatever he wanted to think. And that's basically why he was in trouble. He didn't think right. So he was put uh, a gulag is a prison, an archipelago is a chain of islands. The Soviets had in Siberia a far-flung chain of prisons where they sent their political prisoners, the enemies of the state. You know, a great uh, radio podcast, radio show and podcast, to learn more about martyrdom right now is called Voice of the Martyrs. And, and it's an excellent program. And it tells the true stories of what it's like being the church under persecution right now around the world. Now, by the way, if you're not that great of a reader and you don't want to get that big book, The Gulag Archipelago by Solzhenitsyn, you can get a short, I think it's a, it's written as a short story or a shorter story. And the title of it is A Day in the Life of Ivan Denisovich. Don't worry about spelling it. Just put that in a search bar. It'll come right up. And really it's about him, uh, what a typical day was like in the Soviet political prisoner system they had. Another thing you could uh, look at, and this would be easy to find, is a video or a movie called The Insanity of God. 
And it's, it's not what you think it's about. And if you get that and read it, you're going to go like, wow, this is really being the church. Wow. Around the world. So the insanity of God. All right. Now, anyway, to make it through persecution with Jesus, we must know who we are and where we are going. Now, this world system, I want you to write this down and and make it something you teach yourself. When I look at the world system, it is not my home. It never has been. Although when you when you grow up, even you know before you're a Christian, especially if you grow up in America, you think this is a pretty good place. Well, uh, America is the best country in the world. I agree with that. So much freedom here. But the world in general, the world system is not my home. I belong to Jesus now. And I'm homeward bound, Betty, to heaven. <laughs> The Saturday Night Live church lady was right. We are special. We really are. We absolutely are special to God. The world may walk on us like a doormat, but to the to the Lord Jesus Christ, to God the Father, to the Holy Spirit, we are indeed special. Do you know who you are? Do you know where you're going? Let's look at this. Let's go to 1 Peter, and we're going to go to 1 Peter, and you know where a great place to start is? Verse (laughs) 1. Now, we looked at uh, this verse last week, so I'm not going to go into great detail. Go back and listen to episode 1. 1 Peter 1.1. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. Elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace unto you and peace be multiplied. Now, I'm not going into the a long explanation of being chosen by God. It is a biblical truth. But you know what's also a biblical truth? I can't explain these. They exist in tension, and they're both true. We are chosen, and whosoever will may come. But we read here that God picked us. He selected us. He chose us, not because of us, because of his grace. We are, in verse 2, it says, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. This is where we get our English word prognosis. What's the prognosis, doctor? It's not good. You know, that kind of thing. But it's a Greek word, prognosis. That is to know something ahead of time. Elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit. That is, we've been set apart for a special purpose. Think of in your kitchen, ladies, you have, you know, a bunch of plates and stuff. And I mean, it's it's plates you throw in a microwave and all of that. But somewhere in your kitchen or dining room, you've got a special set 
of plates and silverware and all of that. Why is it there? It's set apart for a special purpose. You know what? We are set apart by the Holy Spirit for to, to belong to God for his purposes. Elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ died on the cross so that you could be forgiven of your sin. He didn't die for his sin. He had none. He died for your sin and mine. He shed his blood and we are sprinkled with the blood of Jesus Christ spiritually. We are cleansed from our sin by Jesus Christ. Now, I don't know if you noticed it, but there's the three persons of the Godhead, the Trinity right there. Pastor Ed, Pastor Ed, explain election and explain the Trinity. Hey, those, they're true, but they're above my pay grade. How about you? I think Christians make a mess of stuff sometimes trying to break so uh, these things like election, uh, free will, and the Trinity. The Bible just states them. It doesn't explain them. And I believe them, and I'm happy. Amen. They are, they are way too wonderful for me to break apart and explain. I am so happy about them, though. How about you? Now, Peter writes here, it is common in uh, his time to write this way, grace unto you and peace be multiplied. And that idea of grace and peace being multiplied is the idea that it's, it's in increasing measure, more and more. We can grow in it and have experience more of it. All right, verse three. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. <laughs> Whoa, we got to break this down. Blessed be God the Father, God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy, that word abundant, the Greek word polis, it means great in magnitude. That's what his mercy is, great in magnitude. This mercy is, is just having compassion on us. Listen, when we go through things, the Lord is not uncaring and untouched by it. He is touched by what we go through. And I'm going to show you why we go through it, okay? Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again. That's the, the truth of regeneration. We've been born again. When did that happen, Pastor Ed? When you... When you believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, his finished work on the cross and his resurrection from the dead, you were born again by the Spirit into Christ. You became saved, a Christian. That's when that happened. And so 
according to his abundant mercy, hath begotten us again. He is he has born us again. He's regenerated us. Watch. Unto a lively hope. What does that mean? It is a, first of all, the Greek word hope is not like we think of it in English. Well, I, I hope so. It's not that. That's not it at all. LP's hope means a, a certainty. It is absolutely a spiritual certitude about something. Our hope, that means that our assurance, like heaven, I'm not hoping there's a heaven, hoping I go there. Heaven is my hope. It is my certain destination. It's a complete difference between English and Greek. Now it says here, hath begotten us again unto a living hope. This is a hope that is that is vigorous, it's alive. That's the hope we have. Why? By the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Listen, if I'm going through suffering and let's say I'm threatened with death, even if I die physically, <laughs> First of all, I will live eternally, so what? Secondly, physically, my body will be resurrected. I will rise again, and my body and soul will be reunited at the rapture of the church. And my body will be transformed. Jesus Christ said, do not fear those who can kill, who kill the body and after that, they can't do anything else to you. And right about now, some of you are thinking, that's pretty significant though, brother. It, yes, it is. And, and God doesn't diminish that. It's, it's awful. But guess what? They can't kill us. They can't take heaven from us. They can't even change what we think. You can do things to our body. You can imprison us, torture us, even kill us. But you can't change us because we belong to Jesus Christ. And my body will rise again and be transformed. So deal with that, <laughs> right? I mean, this is good stuff. This will preach. Verse four. So let me read it. Let me, let's read all of that so we get to flow up. Elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ Grace unto you and peace be multiplied. Now we're talking about know who you are, right? Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance. You know what that word means? In Greek, it's the Greek word clear Anomia, it is a share. I have a share in Christ's kingdom, in the riches of Christ's kingdom. So, so we are um, we are begotten again, uh, have begotten us again unto a, a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, 
to an inheritance. And let's look at uh, what this inheritance is. Now, now, check this out. This is so neat. In Greek, it, the three words right after this word for inheritance it are aptartos, amiantos, amarantos. That's what it is in Greek. They all sound alike, don't they? That's pretty neat to me. To an inheritance that's incorruptible. That is the inheritance that waits for me after I leave here is, is enduring. It ain't going nowhere. I'm not going to lose it. And it's not only incorruptible, it's undefiled. That means that it is unsoiled. It is unimpaired. Nobody can do anything to it. They can't steal it. They can't diminish it or do anything to it. And that fadeth not away. That word, again, stresses the idea that it's just going to be there and it's going to be there and it's never going to run out and it's there and there's nothing that the enemies of Christians or Christ can do. They can't do a thing about it. And watch this, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that faded not away, reserved in heaven for you. It is, it is being guarded, tereo. It is being guarded by God. We're going to see that in a minute. It's, it's being kept watch over so that it, nothing ever happens to it and we get it. You know what? This world can throw us out like garbage. But when all the accounts are settled, we're going to rule this world with Christ and we have an inheritance in heaven that he's guarding for us. That's who you are, and that's where you're going. Say amen right here. Verse 5, um, who are kept, now that's a different word than the, uh, the word for guarded, reserved in heaven for you, but it, it has a similar idea. It, it's we are being kept securely. We are, we are securely kept. Fraulio, who are kept by the power of God. What if I don't make it, Pastor Ed? You're going to make it because God's going to make you make it if you're actually a Christian. Who are kept by the power of God. Now that word power is not the Greek word for uh, exousia, authority, like he has the authority and he's keeping you securely. It's the Greek word dynamis. We get our English word dynamo, like, uh, like an energy-producing dynamo. This means, now, now think about this. The other word in Greek is for authority. This is the word in Greek. We, we have the English word power, but it's the Greek word dynamis. It's the ability. Like you could say, well, oh, oh sure, God has the authority, but can he do it? That's what this word is. He can do it. God is more than able 
to keep you secure through faith unto salvation, prepared, that is ready, uh, through faith unto salvation, ready, and that's the idea of being prepared, through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed, apocalypto, uncovered, shown, revealed in the last time, eschatos, kairos, time. Not the word chronos, which would be like, uh, well, exactly what time is this going to happen? At one o'clock next Wednesday. Not that word. That's the Greek word chronos. This is eschatos means the end, like last. So this salvation that we have, this deliverance is going to be revealed in the end season, in the end time. It is a, a, um, uh, it is a particular special season. I think we're starting to get pretty close to living in that season. Now, I don't know when the Lord is coming back. I have no idea about that because none of us do. But we are getting closer and closer and closer to being with him, receiving our inheritance and being delivered from this evil world system. Verse six, wherein ye greatly rejoice, you know, we're excited about that, but watch the next phrase, wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if, and it, the idea there is a short time, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations. That is, we are pained, the word heaviness, we are pained, we are grieved, we are sorrowed through manifold, poikilos, that means many different kinds of temptations. Now, this is not the idea of um, being tempted to sin. It's the idea of going through a trial to be proven the real deal. So when you suffer, for the name of Christ, the word of God, for being faithful to Jesus, that can happen, and it, but it's only a short time, and it's gonna prove not that you aren't the real deal, but you are the real deal, the real thing. It is a trial to prove you true. Verse seven, that the trial, uh, same idea, the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, and that word tried there means to, like to assay metal, to test metal, to prove, yep, that's real gold, yep, that's real silver, or like uh, a diamond, yep, that's a real diamond. Though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing, the apocalypsis, the, the appearance, the manifestation, the coming of Jesus Christ. So God says here, when we go through this suffering, this persecution, it has a great purpose. 
The enemy means it for evil, but God turns it into good. You ever heard that in the Bible before? Yep. And the good is that it might be found under praise, epanos. That means commendation, approval from God. Like, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I like the idea that the Greek word is a painos because right in that word is pain, baby. But it proves us to be true. And honor, timey, that is a, a compensation, like a reward, a pricing. I think, I didn't look this up, but I think probably through Latin or something, this forms a basis, timey, for our English word, it may come directly from Greek, for our English word, estimation, because it seems like that root word is in that. What What is an estimation of the purity of gold? Was to show how pure it is, or a diamond. Yes, it's a real diamond. And you know, uh, this praise and honor and glory, you know when it's manifested where we, we are rewarded at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Man, I gotta tell you something, I can't wait. And it's all, I don't wanna volunteer for suffering. I don't have to, it's gonna come anyway. But when I think about what is ahead for us, it's like with Jesus, I'll get through it, amen? You know, as a little boy, I had heard of Atlanta Fulton County Stadium where the Atlanta Braves played baseball. And as a young, uh, a teen and a young man, I had heard of Sanford Stadium in Athens, Georgia, where the Georgia Bulldogs play football. But I had never seen either place until as a boy, my Little League team went and saw the Atlanta Braves play. And uh, it was like I had died and gone to heaven because I think all of my TV baseball had been in black and white. <laughs> and I can still remember, it could have been on a vacation with my family. I can't remember which, but anyway, the first time I went there as a little boy, I walked through that tunnel and I first could see the field. It was so green. The seats were so blue. The infield was so beautiful. I could not believe it. And as a young man, when I saw my first Georgia Bulldog football game, I just couldn't believe I was in at uh, Sanford Stadium watching the Bulldogs play. It was, I had heard of it, but now I saw it. I experienced it. That's a tiny little bit like it's going to be in our future. So listen, know who you are and know where you're going. And with Jesus, we can get through this suffering thing, this persecution. Thank you for listening today. I hope you will like the episode, follow the podcast and share it with someone right now. And if Satan doesn't take me out, the World Economic Forum, or somebody else doesn't double tap me before next week, or I don't just die in my sleep, then I'm going to be back next week with episode three of Hope for Hard Times. And if I'm still here, I'll be looking for you then. Bye-bye.